We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. This is the story of Harry's. For decades, one big razor company has relentlessly increased prices and reaped immense profits at the expense of its customers. Then one day, an ordinary guy got ripped off buying razors. He was so fed up that he and his best friend started a company to fix shaving. They called it Harry's. By taking less profit and selling online, Harry's can offer quality blades for less. You can even get Harry's 5-blade razor and shave gel for free when you sign up. Just cover shipping. Click or go to harrys.com and enter code RAZOR at checkout. That's RAZOR, R-A-Z-O-R. Welcome to the Rotowire Prospect Podcast. Clear link alongside James Anderson, lead prospect writer for Rotowire. You can follow James on Twitter at RealJRAnderson. I'm at Clay W. Link. James, I think we've got a great show ahead for our listeners. We're going to look ahead to your, your latest top 200. It hasn't actually been published on the site, but we're going to preview that and some of the big changes, the risers, fallers. But first, I want to start with some, some news coming down regarding a prospect who I think is is nearing a call-up personally. That's Jose Peraza. Left today's game with a what's described as a minor ailment. Not not expected to land on the DL at Triple A Gwinnett, but he's really been raking down there. And uh, you know, I, I think uh, a call-up could be imminent. I mean, Jace Peterson is is starting to heat up. Maybe not imminent, but within the next month and a half, I think it's possible. Are you on board with that? Do you think? Think Peraza has a, a place on the roster by by July first. Yeah, I I think I think he probably can force his way up there. It's just 
you know, we, we also had news fairly recently that the Indians aren't even close to bringing up Francisco Lindor. So, you know, if, if a team like the Indians is, is going to, you know, they're a team that was kind of built to contend this, contend this year. And if they're going to hold their, their stud up the middle guy down, uh, you know, it wouldn't surprise me, I guess, if the Braves ended up doing the same thing because they're not, you know, trying to compete this year, really. So uh, I wouldn't say it's a foregone conclusion that he's up. But, you know, like you said, he, he's raking. Uh, the defense is more than ready for, for second base. I mean, this is a guy that would be a shortstop in most organizations, uh, the one thing that you sh- you definitely need to be aware of if you're going to stash him is that it's there's going to be basically zero power. Mm-hmm. It's going to be all speed and batting average, which is fine, just as long as your expectations aren't that he's going to contribute across the board. Yeah, definitely. Just coming into today, just five extra base hits and 149 plate appearances, two doubles, three triples. He did go two for four before exiting today, raised his average to 311. But, uh, yeah, on the base pass, too, coming in, 14 for 15, I think – you know, the way manager Freddy Gonzalez really put his lineup together at the start of the year, I think they want Marquez down lower in the order, and I think, you know, classic Freddy move, throw the speed guy atop the order, I think he'd really be a nice nice kind of stabilizing presence. But you're right, I mean, with the, where the Braves are at as an organization, do they really want to start his service clock, you know, right away this year? And it, I think he will be up this year, but just a matter of, you know, do they want to bring him up right now and maybe risk – you know, some developmental growth with, with Peraza. But, yeah, we'll get to to your latest top 200, James. Interesting stuff here. Uh, you know, the big news really is with all these graduations, uh, you know, a lot of the top guys really falling out of it. But uh, for me, the, the most interesting thing is that, you know, as we talked about was a, a possibility last week, Carlos Correa is indeed number one on your new top 200 uh, ahead of Byron Buxton. But another major riser here, Kyle Schwarber. Checking in on your latest top 200 at number four. Uh, last time he was number 23, so pretty pretty massive jump here. Uh, what's the reasoning behind that? Yeah, I think that's probably the one that's going to surprise the most people, but uh, I don't really think it should, I guess. I mean, I, I think I was probably a tad too low on him in the preseason. Then you throw in the fact that maybe eight or ten of the guys ahead of him in the preseason have already graduated and you're left with basically I, I was basically deciding between Schwarber, Sano, Gallo, and Julio Urias for that number four spot and ended up going with Schwarber just because I think he's he's the safest of the group and I don't think he's that much he's that far off in terms of upside. Obviously doesn't have quite the power that, that Gallo and Sano have, but it's still it's still plus plus power and he's got as good or better of a hit tool than than Gallo and Sano and I just I mean he doesn't have any you know concerns in terms of strikeouts like that's that's not really an issue he's going to be able to bring a solid approach to the table so um, I mean probably debuts kind of right around the same time as Gallo and Sano too so if you're going for just pure upside Schwarber probably can't match what what Gallo and Sano bring to the table but I think he's quite a bit safer than those two. Yeah, I the position, you know, the position is a big thing with Schwarber, especially when we're, you know, with these rankings, of course, you know, based on fantasy, uh, not just you know real life value, fantasy value. Schwarber is just so far ahead of, of really any other minor league catcher right now. I mean, Alfaro is, is a nice option, but the offensive upside with Schwarber is really unmatched. I mean, ba- basically, just just think of Evan Gaddis that hits two eighty five. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's basically what you could get with Schwarber. 
That's really impressive. 22-year-old uh, lefty bat, batting 301, 422, 570, six homers, 17 RBI. But you mentioned the approach, 21 walks to just 27 strikeouts in 116 at-bats. I mean, I'd like to see those strikeouts maybe come down a bit, but when you're walking that much, it's really not, not much of an issue. Uh, but compared to Schwarber's rise in your top 200, uh, not nearly as meteor- meteoric as Wilmer Defoe. I mean, he's uh, in your last last one, number 141, but in your latest update, which, again, is coming to Rotowire soon. If you don't have a subscription, get 10 days free on us by going to rotowire.com. Uh, slash pod that's rotowire.com slash pod for free 10 days but uh, defo 141 but in your latest number 20 so jumping uh you know over 120 spots here this is really uh su- a bit surprising to me but we look at the numbers so far this year i mean he's uh, already made the jump from high a to double a but you know do you think he's you've got a clear path to playing time or do you think that it's more so just the upside that, that you know starting next year he's could be you know a, a top you know, 70 to 100 type of fantasy player. You know, he he could find his way to playing time uh, later this season if he continues to hit and, you know, they could do kind of a Peraza thing where they move him to, to second base. But I, I think he probably spends the whole year in the minors and then takes over at uh, shortstop next year with, with Ian Desmond out of the way. So – the, the fact that he jumped so much was probably more me being too low on him in the preseason than him being awesome this season, which which he has been. And I think that, you know, the industry as a whole was was way too low on this guy just, just because he kind of came – you know, he, he wasn't on a lot of prospect radars before, uh, you know, towards the end of last year. And then this year it, he's, he's kind of put a stamp – of authenticity on those numbers that he put up last year and, and kind of, you know, he, he's kind of Jose Peraza with a little bit of pop, basically, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he might not be quite as fast as Peraza, but you know, this is a guy that could hit 10 to 15 homers with 40 to 50 steals and a, and a really high batting average. So, I, I mean, I, I definitely think Defoe is going to be the guy, you know, when I, I'll probably do like a blog post or something on this when the, when the rankings go final and he's the guy that I think a lot of people should be aware of you know in a lot of dynasty leagues where you only own 50 or 100 prospects this guy's probably still out there mm-hmm. so he's the guy that you need to go rush out and, and double check on if and see if he's owned you know i i wasn't you know familiar with him until the rule five roster deadline last november when they added him and you know to protect him from the rule five draft and really got to look at the numbers now he was you know at at Low A last season as a 22-year-old, but at the same time, 831 OPS, 14 homers, 90 RBI, 49 steals, uh, only caught nine times. This season, uh, again, I mentioned that he's made the jump to to double A. That's good to see him taking on some more advanced competition. And just 10 games there on the season coming into today. and But good numbers. I mean, 11 hits and 36 at-bats, uh, seven doubles and, and three steals as well. Hasn't been caught since the move up. I think with the position eligibility there, I mean, if as a switch hitter too, so definitely a lot to like. I don't know if I'm going to be as aggressive myself, but certainly respect you know, how high you have him ahead of guys like you know Hector Oliveira. Uh, Alexander Reyes, Jose Barrios, Billy McKinney, some of whom we'll talk about shortly. I, I want to touch on Reyes in particular. Uh, Alexander Reyes, 
making a making a jump himself. He's at number twenty two on your rankings. Uh, what is it exactly about about Reyes that you that you like specifically? It's you know in in a word, it's just you know the the strikeouts. Mm-hmm. He's a guy with pedigree, which a lot of these guys, a lot of the pitchers in the top fifty, you know, can can match his his pedigree, but really only the guys ahead of him can match what he's doing in terms of missing bats. And, you know, you look at the the Cardinals and their success in developing pitching prospects, and they really haven't had a guy like him or with, with his ability to, to get swings and misses since maybe Shelby Miller uh, was a prospect for them, and he was a you know top-10 prospect for the Cardinals back in the day. So I think you're going to see Alexander Reyes possibly challenged to join that group of – you know, at the at the top, you've got Urias and Bundy and, and Giolito still, but you know, then you've got Tyler Glass now, and then you've got Alexander Reyes, and you, you could see at the end of the year, you could see Reyes kind of on that that sort of same level with some of those guys. So, uh, definitely a guy that needs to be owned in in pretty much all dynasty uh, formats at the moment. Outstanding results through six starts with High A Palm Beach. Maybe he's the guy to check out with the MILB subscription for next week. I mean, this, these numbers are really spectacular. 1.95 ERA, 1.05 whip, and, yeah, I mean, it's 52 strikeouts to 15 walks and 32 in a third innings. That, that's a massive strikeout number, and uh, this is against competition that is, on average, more than three years older than, than Reyes as well. And last season, 137 strikeouts in just 109 innings. I'm with you. The strikeouts upside is, is definitely through the roof, and I trust the – an organization like St. Louis to really hit on some of these guys, even though, you know, right now the the farm system isn't what we've come to expect from them. I still think there's some talent in that system that may be uh, a bit, a bit underrated myself, but uh, let's take a look next at, at Jeff Hoffman. Jeff Hoffman was a guy who's of course coming back from Tommy John surgery, kind of made a splash on Twitter this week with that, with that vine. I think it was a vine or maybe an Instagram post you, you put out there, of that curveball, I mean, there's amazing view behind the plate, just how deceptive that thing looks. Are you banking on him being back, or is this something where, you know, you're still still a bit hesitant, you know, coming coming off that major procedure that, you know, you have to pump the brakes a bit, or are you really, you know, full-on back on board with Hoffman? You know, he's – the fact that he's a college arm really helps his case to be ranked this high. I, you know, there's reports that he's already touching 99 with his heater. So, you know, that's, that's pretty, pretty nuts. And yeah, that curveball you, you mentioned, that's two plus plus pitches right there. And the fact that he, that he is, you know, a guy coming out of college, I do expect him to probably debut with the Blue Jays sometime next year, uh, especially given how aggressive they've shown they can be rushing their their prospects to the majors i mean they might have a different general manager next year which could mm-hmm. also go uh you know play a play a role in that you know if you get a new gm in there there's no kind of emphasis for them to to rush guys because they have you know a good three or four year cushion before the ownership's going to kind of force them to, to show results on the field but you know hoffman's a guy that i think probably just forces forces the issue himself you know i could see that i you know, with the rash of Tommy John surgeries that we've seen, and just given the you know extreme break on his you know on that curveball, 
I'm a bit worried about a re-injury, but you have Hoffman 25th on your latest update. Um, you know, I, I could see that. I could see the reasoning behind that ahead of Eduardo Rodriguez. Um, well, Braden Shipley, Sean Manaya. I mean, Dylan Bundy and Lucas Giolito are ahead of him, and they've they've had Tommy yeah. John too. So I mean, it's it's kind of impossible to dodge mm-hmm. TJ when you when you're doing these lists, and you know a lot of the guys. It's kind of crazy uh, if you just like I. I I've been keeping tabs when I've been kind of updating this this spreadsheet in terms of which which guys are you know still out with injuries, which guys are coming back from injuries, and it's just checkered, you know, kind of all the way down the list, mm-hmm. and and lo- kind of fortunately, it's sort of bunched towards the middle on the back of the list are the guys that are really uh, you know ailing right now, and and a lot of the guys at the top have kind of dodged any sort of serious injury so far this year, but I mean there there's you know, probably thirty percent of the pitchers on this list are, are dealing with something or coming back from something. So yeah, it's yeah. not not good times. Yeah, and I I do think it's interesting though that while that is the case, you know, you you have these guys ahead of some some marquee names as far as hitters go, and I, I see that. I think you're right that you can't really, you know, put too much stock in the in the injuries. You have to really kind of wipe the slate clean. I mean, you can't. You can't bank on a re-injury, a setback with with in the elbow with some of these guys who have had Tommy John surgery. I, I like that reasoning. Um, I, I do think, you know, on a whole that you know, hitting prospects, I mean, this is nothing original. Hitting prospects are much safer than pitching prospects, but with the upside, a guy like Hoffman, you know, Bundy, Giolito, as you mentioned, I think you have to, you know, to bank on the upside and really think of them as you know potential frontline starters, which they which they truly are. But uh, Billy McKinney, we talked about him a bit, I think, last week, and you said that you know you more than likely going to have him ahead of Albert Almora coming into your next rankings here, next set of rankings. I'm surprised to see the gap between these guys. So you have Billy McKinney, 24, uh, Almora outside of your top 100, all the way down at 101. Uh, not surprised to see it though. Again, because you mentioned that, but what, what's the reasoning behind this, this big of a gap? Well, I, I had McKinney ahead of Elmore before the season, so uh, it's just the gap's gotten larger, mm-hmm. and you just you look at the two, and they're they're basically opposite profiles, right? I mean, Elmore is the guy with the defense who is still trying to kind of show that he can hit enough to be an everyday big leaguer whereas McKinney's the guy with the glove who they're just going to stick in in right or left field and you're pretty confident that the bat's going to play so you know obviously for fantasy we want the the latter we want the guy that you know has the refined approach and the the ability to contribute in all five uh, roto categories for for hitters and McKinney can definitely do that I think you look at just the the numbers I mean he's he's probably going to get promoted. He's at, he's at high A right now. I, they could have probably assigned him to double A to start the year if they wanted to. He's going to force his way there probably in the next week or two. I would, I'd be surprised if they kept him at higher for much longer. And you just look at what he's doing. I, he was the guy I actually watched this week. The guy I wrote about for the, the farm futures column this week. And his approach is just so good. Like he, his first at bat, he took a walk without swinging the bat once, and you know he just he has an idea of what he's looking for. Unless the counts at two strikes, you know he there's only a certain pitch he's going to swing at, and mm-hmm. that's something he can get away with because his his bat speed is uh, really impressive. And you know power to all fields, you know just a just a really complete player. Uh, you know he's walked more than he's struck out so far. 
uh, this season. I, I don't really expect him to face that big of a challenge at double A either, offensively at least. And, you know, he's a guy that I project to be in their outfield as an everyday player sometime uh, late next year. I could see it. I mean, it, impressive numbers. I mean, you mentioned more walks and strikeouts, 17 walks to 13 Ks, uh, 25 RBI as well so far this year, getting on base at a 432 clip, 976 OPS. Now, he hit 11 homers last year between between two stops. Uh, what do you think long-term, you know, how many homers do you think in his prime he'll be able to hit at the major league level per season? I, I think he's going to be a guy that, that hits – like 20 homers steals 10 12 bases you know that nice. kind of that kind of production uh one in his in his prime years but but you're really you're really signing up for the fact that he could hit first he could hit second in a big league lineup which is going to be and with with his on base that's going to lead to a ton of runs uh you know he's he's going to be able to provide those RBIs he's going to hit a lot of doubles uh the batting average is always going to be kind of around uh, 300, maybe, maybe a tad more than that. So I, you know, I just, there's, there's no real weaknesses. He's not going to be uh, crazy power or crazy speed, but the, the hit tool might be, you know, one of the five best in the minors right now. Yeah, I could see that power growth. I mean, again, 11 homers is what he's maxed out so far in the minors, but four already this year. He's big in 20. Too. Yeah. He's a 20 years old, six, one, two Oh five is projectable for yeah. quite a bit he's, more power. He's got that lower half that it just a really thick lower half that, that should lead to a, a ton of power and the bat speed. I mean, it's, it's all there. I mean, it's all the, the package is there in, in the body. Thick lower half package. This is getting X rated on the prospect. Pod, but no, we're not, we're not even to, to the million dollar man yet. <laughs> yeah. We are going to be grading out the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase at the end of the show. Looking forward to that. Another massive riser, though, on your prospect list. Nick Williams jumping almost 60 spots here to number 30 overall. Uh, I was I love this guy's tools. He's, he's fun to watch. But you actually got to see him live recently, as we talked about with your trip to Northwest Arkansas. He was in town with the Rangers AA affiliate. Uh, you know, I think it was – he talked to you. You got to interview him and several other players. But he talked to you about his – his, uh, you know, refined approach, the, the changes he's making at the plate. Is that reason the, the main the main reason behind his, his big jump here? Yeah, I might be a little biased just because just I did talk to him. and Cool what, factor off what, the charts. Well, <laughs> cool factor off the charts, but also just, you know, what he told me, like the numbers back it up. Like mm. it, it's not – I mean, it's crazy the, the improvement he's made in his approach so far. I mean, this is a guy that – was striking out at almost a 33% clip at, at double A to finish last year, uh, 29% at, at high A. And then this year it's down to 15%. And we're, we're almost, you know, almost 150 plate appearances into the year for him. So this is a guy that's made legitimate changes. Like, I mean, it's not just him talking and, and, you know, going out there and doing the same old thing. I mean, he's, he's refined his approach. He's, He's walking more. He's he's swinging. He's not swinging at bad pitches early in the count. He's waiting to get to two strikes before he starts uh, swinging at, at breaking balls. So, uh, with his just general ability to to make hard contact, his plus power, plus speed, as long as his approach stays this way, I mean, he's a guy that could could finish the year in the top fifteen or, or maybe even the top ten, as long as he can kind of show that this change is is legit throughout the rest of the season because you could see maybe 20-20 or 25-25 
with a with a 280 290 average i mean that's that's a guy that you know especially you look at what's in the outfield right now for texas Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's there's plenty of places that they can put him, and and <laughs> his his uh, teammate Omar Mazar. I mean, those guys are going to be up there uh, doing damage at some point next year. I, I'm totally with you, and I, there's really no questioning the tools. It was really always about kind of attitude and an approach with him. Uh, you know, I, I know in the fall league, he kind of looked kind of looked out of it, and like not not like he cared a whole lot, and that he was kind of checked out a bit. Uh, but to see him really, you know, making these necessary changes, uh, you know, getting the uh, the approach up to up to the level that it needs to be to kind of complement the, the raw tools, I think we could really see a big breakout um, from Williams. And you I mean you look at the numbers right now? I mean, if you just compare twenty twenty fourteen to twenty thirteen, you may not just see at a glance a huge amount of growth. But yeah, with the strikeout rate uh, and the on base, and yet also the fact that you know he, he really struggled in his first. A brief stretch at double A at the end of last year, and for him to have such uh, success this time around is definitely uh, a very good sign. Now, and still just twenty one. Yeah, I mean, still 21. still nice and young for that level. So, I mean, it's I, I actually think this that Rough Riders team. There's been kind of questions about where where the power numbers been from for some of those guys. I think this summer there's going to be, you know, maybe maybe it happens in June where where just all those guys just start just hitting balls out left, mm-hmm. right, and center. So, I mean, I, I'm excited to watch these guys uh, the rest of the summer. Another young guy, Ronaldo Lopez in the national system. Uh, pitcher who's you know, pretty raw right now, but got a, got a lot of talent. Like like Williams, really a, such raw talent that is bound, he's bound to tap into it eventually. But he's made a pretty big jump as well on your list, up to number 32. Uh, glad to see that as an owner of his in a, in a couple dynasty leagues. But what's uh, what's really you know has he turned a, a corner so far this year, or what is it that that caused this leap? I just I, I like the fact that he, <laughs> well I like the fact he hasn't given up a run yet. Uh, small <laughs> sample size, obviously, but um, the the strikeout numbers aren't there. Like mm-hmm. like if you're looking to acquire him in a dynasty league, it might not cost you what it should. Just because the owner's going to sit there and look and like, oh well, the K per nine's under eight, and it's been under eight uh, dating back to to last year. But I mean, if you just look at the stuff, I mean, the guy throws ninety nine, can sit ninety seven, ninety eight, uh, plus curveball when it's on. I mean, the changeup, the changeup's the pitch that needs to kind of come around a little bit, but it it really only needs to get to to solid average for it to play well up with given that that heater that he's got so where does the heater sit like is it 97 98 okay, yeah. yeah i mean he, he yeah. touched 99 in one of his last starts so i mean this is a you know this is an elite elite fastball i mean he's, he's kind of like uh jeff hoffman in, in that in that respect so uh you got to have faith in the nationals i mean that that team by the way like I could have written an article just about the growth of all these nationals prospects mm-hmm. so far this season i mean you got among some of the biggest risers on this list are Lopez, Joe Ross, Wilmer Defoe, and Trey Turner. I mean, they're all just hitting the ground running, and mm-hmm. it, it's it's crazy how loaded they are at, at the positions you want. I mean, they got front-end arms. They got up-the-middle infielders. I mean, that's they're going to be good for a long time. Yeah, we bring those guys up. You know, as some of the guys that they have now are contributing start to, you know, they have expiring contracts, uh, leave town, have this influx of talent. I'm with you. This this could be could be looking at a, a true dynasty with this this team. Assuming they you know they're coming around of late, but I really think you know they're still 
I still think they're the favorites over the Nats. In the, they need in the to NL like, East. as long as they have that that three hundred million sitting around for when <laughs> when Harper's a free agent, because that's gonna you gotta get him locked gonna, up. Gonna have to give him the money. Love love Bryce. <laughs> Ronaldo Lopez. Now, did he actually start? Did they they delayed him right. They kept him at extended spring. Uh, just to curtail the workload. Yeah, they don't okay. have any. I mean, last year he only threw what, like just just under ninety innings last year. So they probably get him up to what, like one twenty, one thirty, something like that this year. I mean, there's no no real rush on him because he doesn't need to be up this year. Doesn't even really need to be up next year if they mm-hmm. don't want. I mean, they <laughs> Giolito, uh, AJ Cole, Joe Ross. Those guys are all gonna debut in the big leagues before. Lopez so I mean they can take it you know slow and low with him for a while it's just that you know only Giolito of those of those prospects they have come and can match his upside yeah we need to we may have to get to Potomac uh, <laughs> dude let's just see go this guy. I just want to s- Potomac. <laughs> let's just get in the car and after the show maybe? <laughs> yeah let's let's hit the road I mean I would love to see this guy pitch live also, just want to get in the south and you know see some of these minor league. I might parks. not come back if we go down. <laughs> let's just go to the south and just just eat eat cheap and eat. watch baseball. <laughs> eat and watch baseball sounds like a dream come true. I also want to get to Greenville to see uh, you know not only uh, the the Red Sox big free agent signing uh, or international signing Yon Mancata, but also um, I'm sorry, what is his name? Uh, he's also there right now. Is it? Is Devers there? Rafael Devers, yeah. yeah. I think Devers is there. I think he's hurt right now, potentially. But I, I would love to see that Greenville team. Still don't know when exactly Mancata's going to make his pro debut, but uh, I would imagine it'd be getting pretty close here. But we will see. We'll keep you updated on that as well. But uh, Clint Coulter, another guy who, you know, he well, he's an outfielder now, moved out of, off the catcher position. Uh, really a nice, nice bounce back kind of, season last year really got back on a lot of top 100 lists among prospects he's off to a nice start this year with where the brewers are at do you think you know they they keep culture down for the whole season or do you think he could contribute you know come september they would have to make a spot for him so you know he's not going to be well you know he's at high a right now yeah he's he's raking you he, he'll probably move up to double a in the, the very near future here but i They'd have to do something in terms of a trade, and I which just, is very possible. But it's like they can't move Braun's contract. No, and you know what are they? Are they going to get anything for Chris Davis? Like I don't know. They can't I, really play Coulter in center. No, I, I mean, he has played two games there this season. But. It's I, I think 2016 is the year that you probably see him in Milwaukee. I mean, he's a guy who you know a lot of people in the industry are still kind of split on. Like there's there's people that are just bought have bought into the fact that. You know, this this is a guy that's just been raking for for two straight years now, and there's other people that kind of look at him and you know maybe question the bat speed a little bit. Uh, you know, he was a f- former first round pick, so he's got the pedigree. But there's 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 a lot of people, I, honestly, in the industry that just kind of refuse to give uh, this kind of player in the Brewers system, um, you know, credit. Even though you can kind of look at some other guys that that didn't have you know guys like Jonathan Lucroy that never really had a much uh, prospect hype coming up but we're able to kind of produce it every stop i, I mean coulter's kind of like that he's not a catcher anymore obviously but uh you know eight home runs so far 32 games mm-hmm. uh not does just doesn't strike out 
for for a guy with his power, 13.9% K rate right now, 9% walk rate. So um, just, a, just a bat, just a bat. You put in a corner and you just let him mash. Yeah, I mean, the walk rate has fallen from last season uh, close to 5% from 13.8 to 9, but 9 still a nice mark. And it's a lot easier to stomach when you cut down on the on the strikeout rate by close to six percent. Thirteen point nine is a really strong mark, and that BABIP too is, you know, bo- two ninety nine. It's below yeah, where it was two, last two ninety nine BABIP, two ninety eight average. So yeah, I mean, what, there's no luck perfect. there. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm excited about him. Uh, I, I think, you know, I do think the Brewers are gonna gonna be dealing quite a bit at the deadline this year. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Do you think please, Gomez is gone? Please. I would trade Gomez. I, it sucks, but you're not going to resign him. I mean, mm-hmm. he's as long as he hits free agency healthy, he's going to get, you know, 150, 160 mil or something like that from from someone. So I I would move him while you can still get a, a real nice haul for him. I mean, think of, think about the the boatload you could get for, a, you know, middle of the order bat that offers Gold Glove defense in center field. Yeah, I think that they really don't have a choice as an organization right now. You have to trade your most valuable asset and that's clearly gomez uh when healthy now let's t- touch on some fallers quickly though hunter renfro of the padres was 34 on your your preseason ranks checking in now at number 66 um is this more about you know a path to playing time not really being there or is there something in his skill set that, that you don't like from what you've seen so far no, it's it doesn't have anything to do with the playing time because I didn't see him coming up this year, anyways. Just given, you know, I mean that nothing's changed, I guess, in that regard since before the season. But you look at what he's done since he got to Double A, and he just hasn't hit, mm-hmm. um, you know, hit two thirty two in in sixty games last year, and hitting two oh eight in thirty games so far this year. Uh, you look back at the the 295 he hit uh, in 2014 at high A that was accompanied by a, a 360 BABIP, and you also look at the fact that he's 23 years old. I mean, he shouldn't be struggling, I guess, as much as he is to to get good contact on the ball um, at Double A right now, and the power is pretty intense. I mean, if he if you throw him a fastball and he knows it's coming he's going to hit it a mile but what what can he do with your other stuff I mean not not much it seems and double A is where guys like that really get tested because there's guys at double A that can throw breaking balls for strikes and can you know keep you guessing and, and you don't know when that fastball is necessarily going to come I mean he's not striking out at absurd I mean it's it's 26.9 which is fine for a guy with his power as long as he's getting to the power and as mm-hmm. long as he's hitting for a good average which he's not right now so Still a top 100 guy just based on that power and the fact that you know maybe he's a adjustment or, or two away from from you know getting it to play a bit more, hitting for a higher average, but he hasn't shown he can do that yet at Double A. No, he hasn't. I mean, 121 ISO isolated power mark last year in 60 games at Double A. That number down to 108 this year, and I mean you mentioned the strikeouts are up, but the walks are also down close to four percent. I'd like to see him get get that back up, but also just not a good sign for a guy who's you know go headed back to double a to start the year kind of well he only spent half of last year there but kind of repeating that and not you know taking such a massive step back i know as you mentioned you know really a, tr- a big test for prospects and it's not uncommon for for people to struggle you know in their second really exposure to to double a pitching but i think you know with a guy like renfro not a great sign and 
yeah, you, you really need to see him tap into that power. Hopefully that comes uh, sooner rather than later. Three starting pitchers who are really trending downward, Henry Owens, John Gray, Robert Stevenson, followers on your latest list. Which one of those guys are you lowest on? Well, <laughs> you, <laughs> Don't you, tell know, me. you know the answer to that one. Um, it's 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 your boy Bobby Stevenson. Uh, Damn, it. he was re- <laughs> he was really tough to rank because um, it's just oh man, I I hate to be you know aggressively down on a guy with his stuff and his pedigree, and you know he's he's not super old yet, so you'd like to think that he can kind of turn it around. It's just I mean it's at a certain point you got to see results mm-hmm. and in the, the upper levels like this with that kind of stuff at, at a certain point you got to start delivering. I mean, there's guys that just are showing results and they're not that far apart from him in terms of stuff and, and upside. So, I mean, you can't put them, you can't keep putting them ahead of those guys. And uh, I didn't even list Alex Meyer among these three because I was pretty down on him before the year anyway. So it's not like he, he fell a ton, but uh you know Owens and John Gray they had they they weren't bad last year whereas mm-hmm. Stevenson was and now he's still bad so I mean he's got to be the the lowest of the three yeah no I respect that and you're tough to stomach as a Reds fan <laughs> but at the same time after Rysel's start last night you, hey, you know, got some guys, got I, some guys I haven't I haven't thrown them uh the, the the spreadsheet I shared with with Clay is just uh the guys that were on it on the top 200 to start the year um, minus the you know in the in the reorder minus the guys who have graduated and the guys who have fallen out haven't put in the guys who are going to debut on it this year but there are a couple reds who will be making their way onto there who weren't on there to start the year so i mean there phil is Irvin? yeah phil Irvin's going to get in there uh, alex blandino might get in there so um, i mean Blandino. it's it's not all it's not all bad for the reds right now but you also if i'm not mistaken you're taking out guys who you think will lose prospect eligibility in the uh, tr- near term, right? So what I did is, you know, this is this is kind of what I wanted to do, and, and Derek uh, Van Riper was on, on board with that too, is that if you were in the big leagues, I'm not going to rank you for mm-hmm. this for this upcoming. And not even, you know, you could only be, like there's guys like, like Ryan Brett and, and Randall Gritchick I'm not ranking, and they're on the DL at, at the big league level right now. I just – if if you're not in the minors, I'm not going to rank you just because there needs to be kind of a, you know, you can't kind of pick and choose which ones make sense, which ones don't make sense because mm-hmm. you'd, you'd like to have some consistency. So you know, all those guys are off. Um, you know, about 30 guys are off that are that are up in the big leagues this year. I mean, there's there's kind of some mid rotation arms that are off. There's some big time talents that are off, and then there's some other guys that just fell off completely just for performance issues like C.J. Edwards and uh, Kendall Graveman and and Garen Ciccini and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's there's some guys that fell off for different reasons, but uh, still about uh, 160 or so guys on the list that were on there uh, to start the year, and then we'll, we'll be bringing in a, a fresh crop of about 40 guys. I'm looking forward to that. Now, Rysel Iglesias, I mentioned him in passing, kind of uh, really outstanding outing yesterday, eight innings, just two hits allowed. He's not on the list, but did you remove him right. when he got promoted? Right. Or was that... Or was where did he rank on here before before he got called back up? Uh, I I didn't even. I mean, this is fairly fresh, so okay, I hadn't okay. I hadn't uh, I hadn't put him anywhere. Uh, didn't rank him. Don't want to put you on the spot, the, but where do you think you 
He <laughs> might slot in. You want you're fishing for good I'm, news yeah, after, looking after, for, Bobby, after Bobby. I need Stevenson. something. Throw me a bone here. Man. Um, you know, I'd probably throw him in the uh, you know probably probably right around where Jesse Winker is. I, I have Winker at uh, 48 right now. Um, cool. I have Blake Snell right ahead of him. He was another another big riser. Uh, Actually, Snell, I'd be interested to see who rose more out of Snell and Wilmer Defoe. Those might be the two biggest risers. But, uh, yeah, that'd probably have Iglesias kind of right around that, that 50 mark. Yeah, I'd love to. I might have to just do that, take a look and see, you know, exactly how many, who were the biggest risers by, you know, number of spots jumped. I'd love to see that. And with Henry Owens, I mean, with the holes in the, the major league rotation with this, uh, with the Red Sox, I would think that Owens – you know, may you know if he was even doing all right at at uh, AAA Pawtucket, he would probably be in line for promotion. But while you look at the four oh six ERA, I mean, he's he has a twenty five to twenty five K to walk. I mean, why are do you have any idea why the walks are up so much? No, I haven't. I haven't gotten a chance to see him yet this year. Uh, you know, that's not that's not brand new for him. I mean, it's it's not it's never been this bad, but. Uh, you know that he's he's got to be probably third in terms of being in line for for a call up at at best right now. I mean, you, obviously Eduardo Rodriguez is the guy. You know, if you want to be stashed, say you missed out on Noah Syndergaard, Eduardo Rodriguez is the next guy that you need to have stashed if you're trying to fish for for a guy that could get the call soon and could be impactful upon his arrival. I mean, Eduardo Rodriguez. Uh, a guy that I probably projected as you know number three starter uh, was a was a fair place to kind of to see him developing uh, into, but you know I think you could maybe make a case that he could be a number two. And you look at the team he's on; I mean, he could get called up, and it wouldn't be crazy to see him be the best pitcher in that rotation the rest of the year. So I mean, yeah. you, you could you could work his way to say twelve wins. I mean, how often do you get a prospect uh, that can pitch in front of such a great offense like like Boston has right now? So. He'll be up soon, uh, and then Brian Johnson probably would get the call over. Yeah. Uh, uh, so yeah, I mean, it's it's they've got options, but maybe not the options that we expected before the season. Yeah, I like Johnson. I I thought he was, you know, kind of flying under the radar based on what he did last year. But James, thank you for joining me. That'll do it for the prospect portion of the Rotowire Prospect Podcast. We are going to grade out the latest professional wrestler. And I, I mean, I, I think we'll probably touch more on, on this top 200 next week. Yeah. Once when it's, it's, once finalized, it's live. Yeah. That'd yeah. be uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, people love lists. I, yeah. I mean, I enjoyed, I enjoy doing the lists. Uh, it's a lot of work, but yeah, I mean, it's feels good to, to get them done. So looking forward to that. I mean, you should probably be able to see that. You might even be able to see that on the site by the time that you're listening to this. I'm hoping to get it uh, up and live on Friday, Friday Very evening, cool. probably. Well, thanks for all the hard work. Again, we we're going to touch on our latest wrestler, grade him out on the 20 to 80 scouting scale. The million dollar man, Ted DiBiase, 80 laugh. I mean, that's not a <laughs> that's not a, a a tool that we grade on. But no. I mean, if we if it were easy 80 for me, if you haven't heard this portion of the show before, these are the five tools used to grade a, a pro wrestler: look, entrance. Signature move, command of the crowd, and ring, ring presence. Uh, we've graded several others in the past. You can go back to past episodes and listen to them. Mr. Perfect, The Ultimate Warrior, The Undertaker, Jake Roberts, Rick Rude, Razor Ramon, Marty Jannetty. I mean, he's the odd man yeah. of that bunch. But we have to throw some in there who are... That would be 
yeah, it's like which which of these don't belong? Yeah. It would definitely be uh, Marty Janetti and then uh, the Natural Disasters. Also, yeah, yeah, we did do the Natural them. Disasters as well. We probably I, I feel bad about doing that. that Marty Janetti and the Natural Disasters. Those those grading sessions kind of uh, they're sort of like that that one night where you just you partied a little too hard and you kind of wake up the next day and you're like, oh, what did what did we do that for? <laughs> like that's that's kind of how I feel about uh, ranking those guys. Yeah, but you have to throw them in there because you can't have. <laughs> Everybody be Look, a, yeah, a I mean, plus plus. They're not. They're know. not all first round picks. Yeah, they're not all you know borderline <laughs> Hall of Fame talents. But <laughs> Ted DiBiase. Now look, we differ a bit here. What do you got for Ted DiBiase's look? Oh, we don't differ much though. I mean, I I got a seventy for him. Uh, you know, one of the things I tend to do with look is, you know, I I sort of think like could this char- could he could this character have possibly looked better like you know mm-hmm. what did he do what was he trying to accomplish how did he, how successful was he in pulling it off i mean he just you know you, you maybe not the most built guy you know kind of a uh you know if he was a hitter in baseball i would i would guess he'd have a short compact swing you know yeah, um, he'd be a singles type <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know just that the hair like that that type of hair and the coloring of that hair like <laughs> you don't you don't get to to make your hair like that. It just it happens that way, and you're yeah. just you're fortunate enough when it does, and then you get to be the million dollar man. I mean, it's, and that beard too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just kind of a uh, you know you can you can't teach that. You know, those those are the type of type of tools you can't really teach. And <laughs> no, so I'll really can't. I'll give him uh, I'll give him a seventy for for the look. I got a sixty and now. a smile too. Yeah, the smile's so so evil. Um, <laughs> I got a sixty just because. Yeah, he's. You know, plus borderline <laughs> on plus, but it's made a not couple, made a couple not your prototy- teams. <laughs> not a prototypical, you know, late eighties, seventy or nineties wrestler uh, with the, with the build. Now he did have some great, great jackets, mm-hmm. bright green, mm-hmm. some black with the purple. dollar sign. Yep, yeah. purple. Uh, but the the ring gear, you know, just pretty bland. Just black trunks, black boots, and. You know, he, well, he did have the great hair, the great beard, uh, unable to push it any higher than 60. I think I think we're right around, you know, I think those are both fair grades from different perspectives. But Sometimes he'd have a wad of cash. Yeah. <laughs> Handing them out to the audience because money, not a thing to the million-dollar man. Everybody's got a price, too, which brings us to our next Everybody's one, entrance. <laughs> because the million-dollar man. Entrance is an 80 for me. I mean, that is... We were talking before. That's probably the, one of the best entrance musics, uh, entrance themes of all time. Uh, the was, lyrics. I mean, yeah. how many entrance video or how many entrance songs have like lyrics dedicated to that to that wrestler? I mean, it's mm-hmm. and it it's just so perfect too. Like, uh, I mean, yeah, you do, you don't really want it to end. I mean, the laugh. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, I mean, he's just he's just walking in, just kind of braggadocious, lots of swag, very very evil look in his face because, you know, he's a million dollar man. I mean, he's mm-hmm. you know, every J- everything that I'm saying, Jake the Snake said it better uh, previously in that classic classic promo. But with DiBiase, yeah, it's not only the lyrics, you know, and the fact that it's about the million dollar man, but he's he's singing. It. I mean, only Shawn yeah, Michaels yeah. really has an entrance music where he also sings the lyrics that I can really remember being uh, memorable. Uh, but DiBiase's, I mean, didn't do a whole lot coming down, but, uh, 
He strutted. Did, he, he let his song do the talking, <laughs> literally. <laughs> I love that song. Now, signature move, this one is where we actually really differ. I got a 65. Now, the Million Dollar Dream doesn't look that devastating, but the name of the move and how we would kind of lock it in and really wrench the guy around uh, is enough to push him to 65 for me, but yours is significantly lower. Yeah, no, I mean, if, if we're just grading out the names of the move, then I would, I'd would i have no problem putting it up there in the, the 60 range. But, uh, you know, getting a guy in a chokehold and, and kind of, you know, whipping him around a little bit, that's that's probably a, a nice practical move in a street fight, like if, you, <laughs> if you're looking to take a guy down. But, I mean, it doesn't do much for me in the ring. Uh, like to see like to see something with a little more pizzazz. And, you know, I also just don't really get, you know, the Million Dollar Dream. I don't get how that fits the move. Like Because he's putting them to sleep and choking them out? I I guess. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Um, He also had, like, uh, I mean, yeah, I get that it's not, nothing that really stands out. I guess, you know, I also have, you know, soft spot in my heart just as a kid, you know, growing up. Locking that in in WWF WrestleFest, too, one of the best games ever. Uh, I just certainly remember that. DiBiase also had a move where he, you know, it was kind of like one of his patented moves where he just did like a, a drop fist. Yeah. Um, which wasn't that great, but there was nothing in the ring that really jumped out to you. And that, that's just kind of an example. You got a 30, though. That's that's lower than I was expecting. But I, I, I see where you're coming from. Uh, but we're going to have to agree to disagree there. Now, Commander the Crowd, pretty close here, but you got an 80. You're top of the list. Is this just because. He's uh, a stick man. Yeah, stick man, and just generates so also, much heat. Like you know, to have your own belt. I yep. mean, just that was amazing. There's a lot. There's a lot to like in terms of the command of the crowd. You know, the um, st- stuffing um, bills down uh, Jake the Snake's Throat. mouth. You know, like <laughs> yeah, like uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's just a great great uh, great scene. You know, when he mm-hmm. when he's in there and. Uh, great villain, um, you know. You can't. I mean, how many guys can could work the stick like him? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I don't know. It's I could Very I could be few. talked into a seventy, but you know, eighty eighty felt right there. Yeah, no, I think that's. I I did a seventy, but I think you know, I was a bit too low. I mean, I'd probably bump him up to at least a seventy-five. But yeah, I mean, as far as you know, heels go, only maybe Rick Rude, maybe Jake the Snake when he was a, a heel could generate that kind of heat. I mean. Nothing better than just the classic, you know, money, you know, money uh, obsessed, you know, businessman who just you know, rubs it in people's his wealth in people's faces. <laughs> Literally, I mean, stuffing it down their throats. It was amazing. And you're right, the million dollar belt was one of the coolest things. Aside from you know Steve Austin, he had the you know smoking skull championship belt. Nobody had their own title belt, and he wouldn't really put it up. On the line, he did a couple now, times, but it's just his belt. To f- he was just flossing. Now, do you believe that those were real diamonds? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> they were. They were, uh, according to him, they were uh, real diamonds, the finest diamonds made by the world's best jeweler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Did. I do think that belt would probably cost a lot to make, but. It would. I mean, like if that actual belt was like for sale oh. on eBay, like it'd be like it'd probably go for about a million. Yeah, it'd probably be a million dollars. <laughs> but yeah, he's see, I got a seventy commander crowd, but I, I think I may bump that up just off the record. But ring presence, we agree here, sixty. Now, as good of a stick man, you know, 
guy who could generate heat from the crowd. In ring, in ring ability was lacking a bit. Is that is that the reasoning behind the sixty here? Yeah, I mean it's I you know hard to say it's lacking when it's when it grades as plus, but yeah, I mean you never really got the sense that he was overpowering anybody, but he also you know he could hang in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you never got the sense that he was outmatched either, really. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean it's you know just kind of easy plus, but nothing 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 more than that. Yeah, I think you're right though that you know given his look and his you know the physique for him to actually look legitimate in the ring with, with so many guys is uh, impressive but at the same time i remember SummerSlam 88 i think uh it was the mega powers versus the mega bucks if you don't know the mega powers was hogan and macho man uh, the mega bucks was dibiase and andre the giant and when you're in the ring with these three other you know larger than life guys he was really kind of overshadowed in that so I think that's a reason to bump him down. But again, still plus. I got overall 65. You got a 70. We got to some sometime rank these guys that we've um, that we've set up here because you know I got a, a nice grade 65, uh, but that's below Mr. Perfect for me. That's below the Undertaker. That's below Jake. Uh, below Rick Rude. So as much as I love DiBiase, I mean, in, in the larger context, grading out. I mean, I guess he's you know not not on that top tier for me. Yeah, I mean, we're going to have to kind of, before we do that, there's going to be like, you know, there's probably four or eight guys maybe that we we do need to rank to make any sort of a, a list authentic. I mean, guys yeah. guys that we just haven't gotten around to, to, to ranking who are who are staples of the, the sport, but, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Yeah, we will, and we'll have to decide who, who to do next week, but we maybe can announce that on Twitter. But thank you for listening to the Rotowire Prospect Podcast. Thank you, James, for joining me. We'll be back with you next Thursday. This is the story of Harry's. For decades, one big razor company has relentlessly increased prices and reaped immense profits at the expense of its customers. Then one day, an ordinary guy got ripped off buying razors. He was so fed up that he and his best friend started a company to fix shaving. They called it Harry's. By taking less profit and selling online, Harry's can offer quality blades for less. You can even get Harry's 5-blade razor and shave gel for free when you sign up. Just cover shipping. Click or go to harrys.com and enter code RAZOR at checkout. That's RAZOR, R-A-Z-O-R.